Hello, hello. Yo. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Hanging in there. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Just, uh, you know, uh, it's been a pretty quiet day on my end. I uh, had two days down in Tampa. I saw you, played some hockey, and uh, now I'm uh, just uh, back up. I had work yesterday, so now I'm back in Orlando where I know no one. That's very sad. You should have called off and just stayed here and played hockey two more times. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck, Michael? Right? <laughs> welcome, welcome, Dalton. Thank you, thank you. Yo, he little forewarning today. My brain is probably extremely broken. All right. Uh, yeah, you just had a midterm. What What was it for? How'd you do? Oh, it was my calculus midterm, and uh, I think Ugh. I did good. Who knows, man? Oof, calculus. Yuck. No, thank you. Yeah, that's about how I'm feeling right now. I can barely pl- pass my uh, baseline call up math class. <laughs> anyway, welcome to everyone to episode seven of South of the Blue Line. Uh, we over at... Uh, at least Oilers Nation. Um, I don't know how Jets Nation is feeling, but we had an, uh, an interesting week. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, you, one could say that as well. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, we can uh, start with uh, the obvious. Um, I actually have a bit of a rant that I've been uh, holding to my, keeping to myself and holding in. For uh, this uh, particular moment, this is my therapy for for the week. Um, Let it all out, man. Let it all out. So, as we all know, the first uh, um, iteration of uh, the Battle of Alberta happened last uh, Saturday, I believe. Um, yep, yep. After uh, we recorded the podcast. And I believe, if I recall, we were all riding very high. It was, we were feeling pretty good. We were, we were looking forward to playing. I mean, we hadn't been doing very well, but we were looking forward to playing and hopefully curb-stomping the Flames. And first period rolls around, and we do just that. Um, so now to begin my rant, if I take an objective, like, the obje- like my bias out of it, for looking at the game, the first really two periods from an objective standpoint, that was some of the best hockey outside of playoff hockey that I have watched in a very long time. Oh, yeah. Hits um, were flying, fists were flying, goals were flying, both uh, in the Oilers' favor. Uh, yes. I mean, right off the bat, uh, we get a, uh, a T-Pain from Alex Chason, a little Sade. Um, <laughs> and it was beautiful. Then, uh, then the dynamic duo dry saddle to McDavid, uh, bury another one. And Lucic was crushing people. Zach Cassian was being Zach Cassian and just looking like an axe murderer. He was charging everyone down. He made Matthew uh, go completely fetal position. And I was having a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Plus, Second, he got the rare triple minor. Yes, he had the rare triple minor. Right. What did he? So he got two minutes for what? Instigating? I. I I honestly can't tell. I think he got four for roughing at the end, and then uh, maybe okay. another two for instigating. It could have no, been all of them for roughing, honestly. No, he he got a he got a uh, he got a misconduct. But yeah, he got that as well. He got the ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Zach Cassian was being awesome. Lucic was hitting people. I was loving life. 
Then uh, Coach uh, McClellan, and we will get to Coach McClellan uh, a little bit later, makes an interesting choice because he feels like the game's being a little chippy. Some of the guys were attacking McDavid. Um, he moved the black hole of offense known as Milan Lucic up to the first line for enforcer. I don't know. And then I would say that was the pivotal moment where things went downhill. The, the Flames scored one in the second to make it 2-1. And then they stormed back with uh, an absolute globetrotter performance in the third period to beat the Oilers 4-2 uh, in regulation. And I was so frustrated. We had them by the throat. They were down and out. We were, we were banging. We were crashing. We were smashing goals in. It doesn't matter if it's Riddich or that dinosaur Mike Smith. The Flames were our bitch. We were caving them in. We were having such a fun time. And then, no, I don't know what happened. I feel like they The Oilers left. happened. <laughs> May, I feel like they, they went into the second intermission and basically um, they got all the impersonators of David and all the, the rest of the team. Literally, the entire team was just impersonators. And they're like, all right, now go play an NHL game while the rest of the hockey team uh, went and partied in Calgary. Because no one showed up that third period. I think the final shots at the end of the third period, uh, like in the third period alone, were like 24 to, to 7 or something dumb. It, it just it was a baffling, baffling, complete 180 from what we saw in the first two periods. And it was so frustrating because it was such a good hockey game. Like, even if, like, let's say they come back and win that game 3-2, but we still gave the same effort we were putting into that third, the first period, into the third period. We win that game. What mm. happened? It was such a uh, uh, <laughs> soul-crushing. I was riding so high the first two periods, and I went to bed, and I just laid there, steaming. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... You, you uh, got that all out? You feeling better now? A, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. So, Chris, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. I mean, it was a hell of a game, um, uh, other than the fact that what I just said. But, but I mean, Dalton, obviously you saw it. I, Chris, were, did you watch any of it? Did you see any of it? No, I was playing hockey. Oh, uh, right, right, right. That's right, that's right. So, Tisk. Dalton, no, I mean, no. you watched well, it with me. but. We were snapping each other back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah. What, I mean, what are your feelings on it? You got anything you need to get out? Well, you know, I invited a couple of Flames fans over to watch the game with me. Uh, no! I had my little brother back in town who's a big Flames fan, so. Ugh, Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, we were flying pretty high, you know, after the first period. And then, dude, man, I've never, like, it was a ton of fun. Like, so much fun to watch that game. Don't get me wrong. But dear God, that third period, like, in my mind, that just solidified it that McClellan needed to go immediately, ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's really not much left to say about it. I mean, it was, it was a real frustrating loss. Um, and then, I mean, I mean, if we have nothing else to say about it, moving on, because I was like, all right, you know what? They, they laid an egg in the third period but they're going to drive back up to Edmonton and we played the, we played the, the, the golden Knights at home the next day. And, you know, it'll be a good day to bounce back. You know, they'll forget about it real quick. We'll, 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 uh, we'll roll over the golden Knights and 
Um, we sort of had the same start. Uh, McDavid mm-hmm. scores a nifty little deflection. Shayson is still trying to win the, the Rocket Richard. Barry's another one. And then the wheels, the almost, I mean, I wouldn't say the exact same thing, but the, the, I, wheels, just, the wheels just fell off again. They, they end up beating us 6-3. Dreisaitl's yeah. goal, if it was any other game, would have been highlight reel everywhere. But, like, considering he was making it 6-3 instead of 6-2, no one even noticed. Yeah. It, it was, well, uh, I mean, it, like, I'm kind of glad that game happened just because Todd McClellan needed to go. But it's just unacceptable when you are up two to one at the start of the second period and then allow three straight goals in two minutes to go down four two. It's just it just sucker punches you basically. Like takes yeah. the wind right out of you. It's it was terrible. Uh, yeah, that's right. They they scored they scored the tying goal and then the to take uh, the lead and then the two goal lead all within I think the first three minutes of the second period. Yeah, it was and- just awful. It, it was bad. We'll get to McClellan. We'll get to McClellan, I promise. Because I'm, I'm sure we all have some thoughts on that. But then the Jets go and do us a favor, and they beat the uh, slowly uh, – well, I wouldn't say slowly. They quickly falling down the uh, standings, Winnipeg Jets. What? The Chris, Winnipeg Jets beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets? Yes, that's – I mean, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, being our, our resident uh, Jets reporter, uh, how are you feeling? Oh, he's not allowed to say. <laughs> That's a shot. <laughs> uh, wait, he's, so wait, who did the Jets beat? The Vancouver Canucks. Six, oh. uh, they beat them 6-3. Oh, you said the Jets beat the Jets, dude. Oh, did I really? Yeah, I was real confused. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, Vancouver's so, lost eight straight now, though. Yes, God bless. Jesus Christ, what a fall from grace for them. I know, that was a real. perfect time for the first drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, um, you know, I think we're just seeing the Canucks' true colors. Um, the game was a dominant effort by the Jets. It really showed <laughs> just that they're basically playing in two different leagues. Um, you know, what the, uh, I will say the Canucks do have some significant injuries, but at the same time, um, you know, you can just see there's a real disparity uh, between the two teams. One thing I will say is uh, that snipe by teeny tiny opposite side uh, Swedish line A was awesome. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm going to call it. <laughs> he, I mean, that was a, a, a laser. I don't know if you guys saw the goal. The, the one-timer by Pedersen? Oh, he ripped it. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. I hate the Canucks, and even I, like, had to bow to that goal. It was yeah. so. Well, yeah. He's a special player, that's for sure. And I believe I called Pedersen scoring in that game. But we, we will get to our score predictions uh, in our, in our uh, structured uh, podcast we have here. <laughs> um, so then, uh, Oilers, um, do some moves. We're going to get to it when we get to uh, the uh, NHL news or whatever. Um, and they go out and they beat the Sharks 4-3 in overtime. Uh, shout out to my dad. I actually talked to my dad um, like an hour before the game started. And uh, we were talking about, you know, the stuff the others had done. And I was like, okay, so like, how do you feel about this, com- this uh, coming game? And my dad goes, uh, you know what? I bet. He goes, I don't know who's going to win, but I bet whatever happens, the score is going to be 4-3 in overtime. <laughs> and uh, they come out and the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Um, 
uh, shaky effort, but like I'm glad with the results. Yeah. All, all I'm thinking is that maybe your dad should start being in this podcast. He's gonna be that good at guessing. <laughs> well, I actually have thought about uh, uh, a little while later, maybe if we're uh, you know we're still going strong by uh, Father's Day or something like that, we get some dads on here. Oh, interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what, but uh, just just a little teaser to stick around. Then, Wait, does that mean that we have to be dads by? No, 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 no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, then uh, the Jets lose to the Flames. They did us a favor at the beginning of the week, and then they uh, did not help us out later. Chris, what is going on? Oh, my God. So it was basically reversed what happened to the Oilers, and I was so choked. Not as pissed as I was about last night, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so it, it's goal, it was goaltending. You know, um, it started with just a bad, you know, a bad play, um, ending up in our own net, and then it was the wheels just fell off. And, you know, I'm, I, I hate, I loathe to blame goaltending for a loss, um, but, and it doesn't really happen when it comes to the Jets. Hellebuck obviously was a Vezina finalist last year. He's not been that same consistent goaltender this year. He's shown, he's shown flashes of it, but then he's also had some moments where he struggled. Uh, I think the Jets actually played a really good game after they got down 5-1. And as a matter of fact, if that uh, fourth goal that they got called back would have they would have scored that goal. I'm pretty sure they would have tied the game. But what, uh, what did as, what did they call it back on? Uh, well, Trouba skated uh, by Riddick and uh, basically slew footed him uh, ah. <laughs> in the crease. But um, you know you still can't trip the goalie, and then the puck went in like a few seconds later. So I couldn't argue too much. They did challenge it. I don't know why, but. You know, I guess you try anything at that point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't – five ones are a really big hole to come back from, even if you are, you know, a, a gifted scoring team. So, Jets couldn't quite manage. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Oilers go out – oh, so in the same conversation where my dad was talking about the, uh, the Sharks-Oilers um, game and he predicted the score, he said, I bet – he." so he said he, – he goes – he goes um, – uh, he goes, I don't know who's going to win, but it's going to be 4-3 in overtime, and the Oilers are going to look at that e- win or lose as like, a, as, like, a victory. And then they're going to go in, and they're going to – oh, second drop, another shot. Um, they're going uh, to go into the game um, uh, against the Ducks uh, a little bit too overconfident and lose. And uh, while they did end up losing, I will – and I can I just – I'm going to put this out there. I tweeted um, from uh, – uh, the uh, uh, shameless plug, uh, the South of the Blue Line podcast on Twitter at Blue Line South. Um, I tweeted <laughs> uh, that I hate the Ducks. I think the Ducks are right behind Calgary. It goes Calgary one, Ducks number two. I hate the Ducks. We were playing well. We were playing good structure. There was a couple close calls. Nuge had an absolute Selkie-like play where he he on the power play where we give up a breakaway he comes all the way back breaks up the breakaway and comes all the way back up the ice while former uh, oiler andrew cogliano goes for a change and then snipes it on john gibson 
And we were, we were holding on, and then for some reason, the new, and we'll get to it, identity line, which I actually don't mind, um, was out there for, for the last 20 seconds. The Ducks tied up in, with 17 seconds left um, in the third, and then they score like five seconds into overtime. So we honestly won 59 minutes of that game. Well, I don't know if I go quite that far for that game. Like, uh, what I was saying, there was a ton of battle back and forth. It was a very good hockey game to watch. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, Gibson, he played so solidly. Like, once again, proving that he's, like, the best goalie in the league. But uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, though. I hate the Ducks, man, so much. Like, for me, they probably fall at, like, my third most hated team behind Calgary and Toronto. It was just such a – so like, that, that last-second goal, and then in overtime, it was just such a – oh, we, we – it hurts more – see, it hurts – like, the Flames game hurt because, like, we were in it, but then, like, we obviously let it – like, we watched as the wheels oh, fell off. This one, mm-hmm. like, you can't be like, oh, like, we let it get away. Like, it obviously got away from us, but, like, it's not like we, like – gave up like we were we were so close yeah it was a very hard fought game the entire time yeah it was it was solid but like at the same time that entire last minute there where they the ducks had the goalie pulled i was expecting a goal like i i've become so pessimistic in my old age well it was oh yeah yeah well honestly <laughs> i actually so i was watching it um by myself and they i think the, the uh they had they, the ducks ha- pulled their goalie and there was like 20 seconds left on the clock and they're and they're behind the net with the puck and i and i think chris russell like pinned someone up against the boards and i'm like oh no why is this line on the ice if we can just get it out of the zone and like as i say that they tie it up it was horrible yeah. well lucic so lost his man he started just running around out there with like he's lost his man and then it was his man who had the point shot up top because he went and ran down to the opposite side corner for some reason, leaving Brodziak having to sprint up there to try and block the shot. And then everyone's just running around at that point. Easy goal for them. GG. And then Dreisaitl completely left for Carter Cal um, on the overtime goal. Yeah, but I mean, if you ever expect Dry to play defense, like, what are you thinking? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and He's I... probably one of the laziest hockey players I've ever seen. Yeah, he does have a bit of a lazy streak. Um, and I actually watched um, a bit of the Jets Wild game. And the Jets were on a bit of a roll. And I wouldn't say the same thing as the Ducks game, but the Jets kind of let it slip away from them as well. I believe it was three third-period goals. Again, goaltending. Yeah, thanks a lot, Hellebuck. I'm currently losing 9-1. Yes. <laughs> so that, that first goal that Niederreiter scored should have never gone in. That, it was just a weak fade to the middle of the ice, and then he took a wrist shot. I have no idea how Hellbuck missed it. And then the second goal was just this weird, like, fourth line for the Wild. They had it behind the net, and then it kind of squirted out in front. And, like, Hellbuck just didn't know where the puck was and ended up, like, getting, you know, punched in between his legs or beside his leg in the, the – Yeah, you, you can't really blame Hellbuck for that one because, like, I actually – so I tuned in. I, so – the Oilers game ended because it was a matinee right um, at where there, I think there was like 10 minutes left in the third period for um, in that game. So I tuned into that game and you, this single, you can't really blame Hellebuck for, like you said, it was kind of a broken play and it just kind of like he was expecting um, 
uh, the wild player to come out the other side with it, but the Jets defender like poked it off of his stick as he came around the net, so it popped out the other side, and then Fair just went hard to the net and kind of just crashed it in. Yeah, I, I mean, and then the the um, the four two goal. I mean, yeah, Hellebuck probably should have had it. Yeah, it's uh, no, it was it was again, you know, and I like I said, I really don't want to blame it on goaltending, but the, the jets, the jets played a really great road game. They, they had that game in their hands um, for most of the game. And then that, that Niederreiter goal, I just, it really, I think it really unsettled the team, which is odd for the jets. Cause they usually don't get shook by goals that much anymore. Um, but I just feel like when you feel like your goalie's not going to stop the pocket changes the way that you play. It makes you nervous, and I think that's that's what I saw in that game. So, luckily, uh, we got croissant going into the game tonight. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to ask, uh, you think they're going to go with Brissois quite a bit more going forward? Then, Uh no, no. I mean, hello. I mean, the Jets aren't the Jets aren't going to win Stanley Cup without a good Halibut, right? So, you got to do whatever you can to keep his his confidence, but at the same time. I, I've always thought that Brassois should play more games anyway, just because you don't want to tire your starting goaltender out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just look what happened to Talbot or a couple seasons ago, right? Right. He played every game, and <laughs> you know, like comes playoff time, you just you need to have that top level mental and and physical uh, conditioning, and you just get worn out. Yes, yeah, especially when the Jets are planning on meeting the Predators again in the playoffs. Right. Um, I'm actually going to tee you up for a bit of a rant because I got a uh, Chris because I got a feeling you uh, you you have some things to say on it. Um, I was uh, I was on Twitter as you do during hockey games because I like to watch uh, the meltdowns and stuff like that. And you were a bit up, so a bit of a bit of rough stuff happened in the game. There was actually like a brawl that kind of spilled into the Jets bench, was kind which was kind of kind of fun to see. But you were not uh, very happy with. Um, I don't know if it's officiating, if the officiating was bad, or more of like you, the the uh, the like. I don't know. Like you, you were a bit upset with like the officiating and the the rough stuff that was going on. It's just not. I, I don't know. It's just it, you're always wondering what is going to be called, and not just like throughout the season and game to game, but within games, and that is what has always, well, especially in the last few years, has really bothered me about. NHL officiating there's no consistency there's no rhyme or reason Brian Little got a penalty he had one hand on his stick he put it over top of the wild player's stick not even a slash like just over top the guy lost the stick because he wasn't holding on to it and he got a penalty like like it's ridiculous like I I don't know I just it's dumbfounding to me well did you see uh, Marchant's penalty the other day his slashing penalty? Oh yeah, no. he, he he skated in front of the uh, of the goalie, and so he's standing in front of the goalie because the puck was behind the net. The defenseman was looking for a breakout, so he's just kind of sitting there trying to pressure him. And then as someone skated in front of him, I believe his stick kind of grazed his hands, and they called um, a uh, a slashing penalty on him. And Mar- Marshan was not happy. Oh dear, third shot. Honestly, at this point, all our listeners are just going to be alcoholics. No kidding. They're just going to tune in. They're, they're not even going to care about the hockey. They're just like, we're tuning in because we're getting absolutely blasted every Saturday night. 
Yeah. I can't wait for my drinking game podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, building on that Marchant thing, though, he did you see what he's doing in the box afterwards? Yeah, he put a white towel on his stick and he was waving it around, like surrendering to the refs. Yeah. Got a 10 minute misconduct for that one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do we have anything else to say about the, uh, the latest, uh, last week's Oilers and Jets games, guys? Any parting words? Other than the coach? They're over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. So now there was a lot of news in the NHL this coming week, and I think we'll start with the most talked about, most important thing. Uh, Mike Yo was fired. <laughs> so important. Right, that, that's, that's the most important thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So Mike Well, Yo, you know, we're a big uh, Blues fans here, so. Yes, exactly, exactly. Mike Yo uh, calling for his firing, uh, about, I think about a month ago. And then they go, okay, well, all right. And then they fire him, and they hire some guy named Barube. Um, do we have any opinions, boys? I mean, will this help the Blues? Will it not? It was it really the coach? Did they hire? I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I was so distracted by Oilers things this week, I didn't realize he got fired. Yeah, the Oilers, the Oilers stuff definitely overshadowed it because who cares about St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Uh, we care about you, St. Louis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. Chris, you were going to say something. They hired Craig Brube? Yes, I believe so. He was like a goon. Okay, whatever, <laughs> St. Louis. Well, you they know went available, right? Joel Quenville? I still, don't think Quen- Quen- I still don't think Quenville wants to coach anywhere. I think he's too busy taking shots with Browns. Uh, 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 Brown, uh, Browns fans? No, Cubs fans. Bears. 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 Oh, goodness. Other sports. <laughs> You're getting there. Yeah, we're One getting there. the football teams, guys. Yeah, the guys that do the sports balls. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, so, yeah. Like Mahomie. Yeah, exactly. So that happened. And then the actual news of the week, uh, Todd McClellan out and um, our new uh, thick daddy, Ken Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. The Snorlax himself. The Snorlax himself, Ken Hitchcock. And Chris, I talked to you uh, a bit about it um, over hockey. I mean, we all kind of talked about it uh, in the group chat we have. And you have a feeling that this is going to get the Oilers to the playoffs. I do. Although, you know, they do say if you're not in the playoffs by American Thanksgiving, you generally don't make the playoffs. But I don't think that's the case this year, especially considering the Pacific is so weak. And I really do feel like the Flames aren't going to, like, if you look at the, the Oilers game and the Jets game, they won both those games, but there was a fair about, amount of smoke and mirrors there. You know, they, they got outplayed for a majority of those two games and still won, which is luck when you have the level of talent that they have, which is not very high. Um, so that, that stuff tends to even out as the season goes along, and then you start to end up on the opposite end of those, those games. Um, so I feel like there's a real – I don't think there's going to be any wild card winners coming from the Pacific. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're probably going to have to make it, you know, within the top, you know, the top teams there. But I think that the, I think that the Oilers can because when you think about what the Oilers need to do better, they need to defend better. They need to play tougher. Um, I think they need to play with a little bit more passion and a little more aggression. And obviously Hitchcock's going to make the ball so I don't think he's a long-term coach or, or solution, but to come in and really correct the major woes of the Oilers, I think he can do that. 
Yeah, and I actually was. They were um, they were throwing around some stats on another on the Oilers podcast um, that uh, normally when Ken Hitchcock comes in, he uh, the goal the goals against goes down by about forty goals, give or take, uh, really twenty. Um, it goes down by about forty goals uh, when he steps in. So I mean, less goals against is always a positive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm also, I'm looking at this Hitchcock signing. Bro, I'm hyped about this. I'm not going to lie. You're excited. Like, oh, yo. Even, like, watching the game against Anaheim, it was clear that the Oilers were, like, actually playing systems, playing some defense, fourth shot of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I actually, um, on the note of, of watching the Ducks game when they were uh, playing defense, when we were up, because uh, we went up one nothing <laughs> relatively early in the third, um, we started playing, like, um, like, they'd get the puck in, and we'd kind of stifle them and just chip it out back to their blue line, and then they'd try it again. And I started yelling at the TV. I was like, yeah, it's not so fun when we do it, Ducks, huh? <laughs> like, I was really feeding it to my TV. I was like, oh, yeah, get some of your own medicine, Ducks. Mm-hmm. I started calling them the, uh, the Anaheim Sucks. It was, I was having a great time. Getting hyped, eh? No I wonder we lost. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was my fault, huh? But, yeah. uh... I mean, anyone have any bold predictions on now that Hitchcock is in? All right, so first I want a bold prediction on who is going to benefit most on the Oilers, like personnel-wise, from Hitchcock. Dalton, what do you think? Jesse Pulajarvi. Ooh, yes. They, speaking of which, that's a good segue. They, uh, they called him back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Though, lineup-wise, it looks like he's going to be on the fourth line for the next game here, which... Not exactly happy about, but it looks like it's going to be a fourth line scoring line because it's going to feature Raddy, Kara, and Pulajarvi. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little excited about that one, actually. Well, to be honest, um, no one would really bat an eye if you just kind of switch the identity line that Hickok put together, which I've actually been yelling for for a while. Just put a line together, uh, Brodziak, Cassian, and Lucic, and just go out there and kill people. Yeah, like that line is sweet right now. Like it. Like, the speed of Cassian kind of offsets the slowness of Lucic and the banging all around. It's some good stuff. Hey, man. Everyone likes a little banging. Mm-hmm. Four lines banging bodies, boys. Yeah, four lines banging bodies. Um, uh, so then, um, I want to give a quick shout-out and other NHL news to the... So, as we all know, Jonathan Quick is out indefinitely. And um, the... Uh, LA Kings, while they're in the division, they call up a rookie goaltender named Cal Peterson. And um, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen many highlights, but he has been playing lights out for the Kings, which is bad for the Oilers, but it's always, I always like watching kind of like rookie goaltenders or goaltending stories. Those are always some of my favorite. So he's been uh, playing really well. So quick shout out to Cal Peterson. Um. Moving on, though, uh, there are some hot teams in the NHL. Um, Buffalo has won eight straight. So hot. Uh, Chris, what is the uh, – you got a uh, diagnosis for the Buffalo Sabres being uh, hashtag actually good? They have 13 first-round draft picks in their lineup. Mm-hmm. Just getting a god. They just needed some structure and some, you know, some of their mm-hmm. players – who are drafted high to play like their pedigree and, and they're getting that. Okay. So now here's a question on the Buffalo Sabres. If the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs, 
does Rasmus Dahlin um, win the Calder? Not a chance. You think Pedersen still has it locked up? It well, okay. Rasmus Dahlin right now is on points or on pace to get about forty points, which for an eighteen-year-old rookie defenseman, any rookie defenseman, that's phenomenal. But at the same time, Elias Pedersen's over a point a game, and as an eighteen or a nineteen, I think, year old rookie, that is also very phenomenal. And you know, forwards always get a little bit more love in the Calder voting. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Pedersen. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and I actually just realized, since we're such, so scatterbrained, um, uh, Dalton, you said Hitchcock would benefit Pugliari the best. Uh, Chris, do you have a prediction on who will benefit most personnel-wise from Hitchcock? Yeah, uh, Ty Ratty. <laughs> Meaning, <laughs> like, he's, he's never going to play again? Right. They're going to launch him to the moon. Oh, well, man. He did come from the press box to the fourth line under Hitchcock, so it's like a slight upgrade. It's, uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm going to say he's going to let, I would check, like, maybe Cassian. Because mm. that's the kind of player he likes, right? I think he might get some additional playing time. I think that whole line will get more time. So. Yeah. Um, my prediction, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go for a little bit of a different one. I'm going to say Matt Benning. Really? <laughs> I, I'm going to say, really? though, though, to be fair, um, uh, there was some uh, moves the Oilers made that means she might stop playing as much, which, to be honest, I mean, which is a little contradictory to what I just said. I think Matt, we can fire Matt Benning in the sun now. Um, uh, so then, okay, okay, fine, fine. I'll, not Matt Benning, Darnell Nurse. All right. That one I, I can see a little bit more. I would like that. Uh, Darnell, yeah. Darnell Nurse, he's going to teach Darnell Nurse a little bit more calm, a little bit more uh, patience with the puck. A little less uh, hand grenade style. Um, and it's uh, going to benefit uh, our overall, honestly, I think our just defensive game of the team, but the defensive core is going to play a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. if they can teach our defense how to play defense, I'm going to be real happy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now, Chris, you've already given your predictions on you think Oilers will make the playoffs under Hitchcock. Yeah, 100%. Dal- Dalton, well, 100%. Dalton, I'm assuming you're also behind this. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's anywhere close to 100%. But before the Hitchcock hiring, I was leaning towards like a 25% shot for those making the playoffs. After it, in these last couple of games here, you know what? I'm saying a solid 50-50 shot right now. All right. <laughs> Point flip. Wow. You know, you know what? I'll jump on the train. Oilers, Oilers making the playoffs. Choo-choo. Um, moving on. So I, I have this written down on my list of things to talk about but it doesn't seem very relevant anymore. Up until uh, yesterday and today, the Rangers having lost uh, back-to-back games, um, uh, um, the Rangers uh, were on a, I believe, seven-game winning streak, or they were eight, one-and-one in their last ten. Wow. Because, right, we talked about them in our our first couple episodes. The Rangers were rebuilding. They were supposed to be bad. So how were they not bad anymore well i can tell you why they're bad again it's uh does it it's ryan strome i hey but quick shout out to ryan strome he scored his second goal of the season today hey got in a fight too yesterday he got in a fight too go ryan strome ah he's a beauty now so strome better than spooner oh well okay (laughs) we're gonna go back to spooner i can actually 
I, I like Spooner's game, actually. He's, he's a bit faster. I was saying that to Chris at hockey the other night. Spooner definitely skates the puck up a bit more. Yeah, he's quite a bit more dynamic than uh, Strom ever was, too. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, you know, good thing, bad thing. He's going to try more fancy stuff, but he's going to get burned a little bit more often. So Yeah. Um, but did you see that Spooner is practicing with McDavid right now? I Yeah, and Bob Stoffer, uh, Oilers radio guy, tweeted out uh, the predicted lineup for uh, tomorrow's game, and it is uh, Drysidle McDavid Spooner. Mm-hmm. Also, did you notice that uh, Hitchcock has been quite often cycling the one winger into that line, the left winger? Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. It's a good way to probably double shift McDavid rather than him just like taking over on the fourth line. Actually, have a cycling amount of left wingers, so we'll hopefully Drysaddle gets a little bit more reps too. Yeah, yeah. First off, I'd like to apologize to Chris for this podcast because uh, it's a bit Oilers heavy this week. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, did you mention my name? I'm sorry, I was I was napping. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about McDavid. Want to weigh in? Oh, yeah, that guy's good. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, though, listening to some of Hitchcock's press conference, um, I, I mean, honestly, the man it just makes me feel a little bit more sound. McClellan always sounded like he was trying to, like, sneak something by, like, or like he, he wasn't sure himself. Hmm. Like, he sounded like he was reading, like, like someone was standing in the back during his press conferences with, like, big note cards, and he was there just cycling <laughs> through what he's supposed to say. Whereas yeah, Torelli with a big postcard saying, put Lucic on the first line. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Lucic equals number one power play. <laughs> and McClellan's is back there squinting at it like, Lucic number one. Uh, uh, Lucic number one power play. All right, have a good night, everyone. <laughs> um, but like uh, with Hitchcock, he was saying like, I can play dry sidle with McDavid because Nuge is capable of driving his own line. I was like, yes, Nuge Hopkins, keep Nuge forever. Mm-hmm. And then, he, then he was talking about like he was he was like he was not afraid of being like yeah, Lucic sucks at scoring. He needs to stop <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, well, I think for Lucic, he was so he was kind of brought in to be such a leader on this team, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's hurting him so much that he just can't be that leader on the ice anymore, right? He can't go out there and score the goals for the team. Does that mean he doesn't have a role anymore? Nah, he can go out there and be that third line grinder boy. I can tell you, you know. I was all I was just as fired up when Shayson scored that shorthanded goal as when uh, Lucic put uh, Pizza Man Mark Giordano into the uh, Earth's core. Oh, that was wonderful! What a hit! Yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, we're gonna bring you back into it, buddy. Sure. Um, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Get him out of here. Shot number five. Uh, Dalton. Well, actually, I think uh, we talked about Pujarvi once and McDavid once, so that would be seven. Oh my god, I feel sorry for all of you. Yeah, yeah, that was um, pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> I will say, I will say, Anchor does have a good sense of comedic timing. Yeah, yeah. Chris, are you just hitting that little cancel button every once in a while? No, I don't know. It just drops out. I don't know what's going on. I gotta try um, to figure it. So. Uh, there is more Melnick madness, as I've dubbed it, going on, Chris. Um, have you read up about the stadium stuff going on with the Ottawa Senators? No, I, I try to stay out of the politics side of it, but, uh, yeah, uh, no. Well, they had like a, they had a stadium built for them that was just in the stupidest place in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know who came up with that idea to begin with. Yeah, it's probably Melnick. 
Probably. All right. Well, Chris, put your put your boots on because we're about to get knee high in the shit. Um, so, uh, Dalton, I I believe you brought it up. Can you uh, lead us off with a little bit of a little bit of a background on what's going on? All right, I'll hit you with it real quick. <laughs> Give us the synopsis. Yeah, Melnick and his partner, who I think owns part of the Ottawa Senators as well, were trying to get a rink downtown that the team can move to. So, you know, like, people actually go to the games and stuff. You know, seems like a pretty solid idea at the time. The issue is, that deal on this piece of land that, by the way, has not been developed since 1943. There have been multiple projects trying to get off the ground in this location, but no one can do it. Um, So, now the Ottawa Senators are trying to take a stab at it with Melnick there. Except the deal falls apart. Four billion dollar deal falls apart due to conflicting ideologies, and now Melnick is suing his former partner about it. Wow! All right, Chris, hop right into hop right into the uh, right into the mix. But what do you want me to say about it? He's batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's that, so great. So that all right. team is gonna move to Quebec City. So now, would you be for that idea? For them moving downtown. Or or moving to Quebec. Um, I would be for them moving to Quebec. Nah, I'm moving to St. John's. Ooh. I think it. I think if that team, I think if any team moved to Quebec, it would be the most beloved team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. first off, those Nordique jerseys are just oh, oh, so sick. Beautiful. They can't change them. They have to have bring back the exact same logo, exact same jersey, everything. I, I 100% I mean, agree. Those light blue that, with the red. Oh, so nice. It's not going to happen, though. They're going to do a redesign for sure. No. They will. That's how it goes. Hey, you better watch out. You, you get all riled up, Chris. You're going to get booted from the pod. Nah. <laughs> so, all right, Chris. Like, so, you take over as um, Ottawa Senators uh, owner, Melnick out, Chris Fantini in. How do you, what do you do? How do you, can you fix- give me some free tickets, dude? Well, yeah. Nah. So first off, can you get us into the games? How do you fix this? Well, I mean, they, he has to just basically tell them like it's not working where it's in Canada right now, and if they, if you know, if they can't partner with him to get something built downtown, he's going to move the team. I mean, that's the lever- leverage you always use as a business uh, um, sports owner, right? And obviously. You know, they've got a rink just waiting there in Quebec City, so it wouldn't be too hard to, to manage. So you'd really push for the uh, the either move us downtown or move us to Quebec City? Yeah. I mean, there's got to come a point, right? How long are you going to lose money for? Yeah, fair enough. And especially, as we know, Unic, uh, Eugene Melnick does not like to lose money. Although he's a crazy fucker that, you know, has probably lost himself a lot of money. Over the years, yeah. maybe he'll lose another liver, and then the problem will kind of solve itself. Ooh. Oh, wow! Wow! Uh, harsh. Yikes, Dalton. Um, uh, we need like underneath the podcast that voice to be like, um, any uh, any damages that happen to Eugene, Eugene Melnick uh, is completely uh, fictional, and we are making a joke. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a joke, I swear, guys. <laughs> Watch Mel tomorrow's day. Breaking news: Eugene Melnick sued, and then the FBI or the does Canada have an FBI? Do they have police in Canada? What do they do? The Mounties. <laughs> the Mounties are just going to break down the door and in Dalton's house. And I'll be like, oh, no, I didn't do it. 
Yo, I mean, like, if they want to arrest me for saying that, go right ahead, dude. I'm making the headlines. <laughs> and then we'll talk, me and Chris will talk about you together uh, next week. Yeah, our podcast will blow up. So you're welcome. Oh, wow. All right. That's an interesting way to get us into the limelight. Um, yeah, uh, Taking one for the team. Quick little uh, things, um, uh, last minute things. First off, uh, Chris Weidman traded to the Oilers for a sixth round conditional pick in 2020. Um, mm. More Ottawa Senators things. And Shirelli won a trade? Question mark? The Ubergate's doing well for us. I, I will say, uh, Chris Brown is the guy in the front seat of that, and now we have a offensive-minded, pucks-moving, second-pairing defenseman to play with. Right-handed, Dar- too. Right-handed D. So, I mean, uh, good trade all around. Dalton? Yo, I'm hyped about it, especially if it means that Garrison never sees ice ever again. And Russell moves back down. Like, I'm honestly, Russell is, like, the guy who could, out of anyone, play right-handed. Yeah, I was a lefty. So, like, I'm Russell's so so versatile. I love him, even if he does starfish a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, how do you feel, Weidman, for the conditional six? I mean, anytime you're adding depth in your back end, especially for such a low pick, you, you got to do it. Yeah. Especially yeah. considering that the Oilers have so many turds on their team right now. <laughs> You'll like, tell me about it. The drop-off in, in quality and defense is just stunning. So, um, yeah. yeah. No, I, how can you not say that's a win for the Oilers? Yeah, a little little note on that conditional as well. Yeah, so uh, the condition is it goes from a sixth to a fifth if Jakob Yarebeck plays 60 games this year. With St. Louis. I believe, or Washington, at St. Louis? It's, we going? got him from Washington and we traded him to St. Louis. Yeah, and so that's the only time the pick will go up to a fifth. Otherwise, it's going to be a sixth round pick. So, but I'm pretty sure Yarebeck has only played maybe – four games or something like that um so he's not playing i doubt i i mean he's getting to the point where if he doesn't start playing regularly soon he's not in 60 yeah so i say for for the depth got um uh i'm totally fine with losing a sixth round pick uh a year from next seat or from the next year um and then a couple other little notes from around from around the league um uh Antoine Roussel, the Vancouver Canucks, um, pulls a Louis Suarez. For those of you who don't get the reference, he bit Mark Edward Vlasic. Mm-hmm. Um, Vlasic, even in the postgame interview, uh, shows him where uh, Roussel took a little chomp out of him. How do we feel about um, the Vancouver Canucks actively employing a whale, whatever their logo is on the front with the teeth? <laughs> That'd be a pretty cool logo. Uh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, uh, he also... Did you see the punishment that got levied out for that? I did not. I did not. Uh, $5,000 fine. For biting someone. So, yeah. uh, Chris, if I paid you $5,000, you bite someone. I'll bite Dalton for $50. Wow. Ooh, <laughs> do it. I'll pay you 20 to bite me, buddy. Now that, see, now that sounds kinky. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast got really weird today. I don't know why. Yeah, we're going to have to put like a little explicit warning next to it, probably. I think we got to put... So we're cutting Chris... out Melnick's liver, and I'm mm-hmm. biting Dalton. This is very strange. <laughs> I blame the math. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, you're driving the weirdness. So yeah, yeah. Cool. The numbers, Dalton. What do they mean, bro? I don't even well, know where I am right now. <laughs> I will say this: Dominic Roussel is—is is that his first name? Antoine. 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 Sorry, Dominic is a, actually a goaltender who was good back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, Roussel is one of the biggest pieces of shit in the NHL. And it doesn't surprise me that he plays for the Vancouver Canucks because they've had a fine history of employing pieces of shit. Like um, who? Let's see. Bieksa. Kessler. Kessler was a big piece of shit. Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Oh, Burroughs. Burroughs. One of the biggest pieces of crap to ever be a piece of crap. Yeah. yeah. They balanced it out a little bit, though, with Luongo. Well, yeah. And then, and then they basically were like, mm, one of the best goaltenders of all time. We don't really like you. Get out of here. Mm, promising first-round pick of a goalie. We don't really like you either. Get out of here. Yeah. That's, you know. Karma's a bitch, right? Like they've they've had a hockey team for sixty years now, and they've never had a sniff at the cup. They they made the final like once, so and then they burned their city down because of Milan Lucic. (laughs) So you know they they wasted they wasted the most dynamic brother duo probably in the history of hockey. No, that's Um, false. Uh, The Gretzky Gretzky brother pairing um, has uh, Brent. Yeah, Brent was uh, pretty great. Has the he most... did say dynamic, though. Not uh, best. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. They should have just dressed Brent on Gretzky's wing, and he could have just banked pucks off of him. He could have made him a 50-goal scorer. Well, that's what Gretzky <laughs> did with Semenko. <laughs> exactly. Should we get McDavid's brother on our team? Ooh, get Cam in there. Yeah. I love Cam. He sometimes shows up in commercials with McDavid. I'm like, oh, look at Cam. Yeah, he's a great actor. Put him in there. Throw that... <laughs> freaking isn't, they have with them as well isn't it crazy though with, with these brother teams like these brothers that all make the nhl you wonder how they do that like the stalls like there's four stalls right three uh, three that made it there was another one that never made it past the ahl and then there's like a bunch of uh suitors and then there's a bunch of sutters yeah about to and be a bunch, a bunch of huges. a bunch of reinhardt's um, yeah, Reinhardt, uh, Stroms, uh, Stroms, Kachucks, couple of, yeah, yeah, couple of Stroms, couple of Kachucks. But no, for me, like you know, the t- t- stalls, like what the, the ones that made it, what Mark, Eric, and Jordan, Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were all like two of them were pretty big stars, um, well, and one of them Mark did was, okay. Mark was for a while until he lost basically all his vision in one of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just Eric's seems, lit. I don't, I'm getting off on a tangent here. I just thought I just thought mm. it was it was interesting. Uh, and then my last little uh, tidbit is um, the Carolina Hurricanes win another game and they celebrate by do- playing human dominoes with themselves. <laughs> did you see what Brian Burke said about it? I did not see what Brian Burke said. He called it childish peewee antics. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> he oh, also Brian Burke. went on to say that he loved it. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's the more it happens, the more I'm okay with it. It's become a thing now, right? Like they're not doing the same lame thing over and over again. They're kind of reinventing the wheel every time. I don't know. They're having fun with it. Let them have some fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a game after all, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, moving along to our last and final segment of the podcast, the score predictions. I like this. First, we will look at um, uh, what, how we did last week. Um, I went. I I went. I shot O for six this week. So shout out to oh me. Oh my god! Um, my only redeeming factor is in um, uh, I uh, called Pedersen scoring against the Jets, and he did. So go me. There you go. Um, Chris, you won two of the games. You won the Calgary game. You predicted the four-two loss to a T. Um, 
So, Sorry. Like you, you, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think you get an extra point for that. Um, and then uh, you won the uh, the Vancouver game, uh, but um, you predicted six nothing. They won six three. So shout out to you, Dalton. However, won three. Uh, he got the um, the San Jose game. He predicted seven six in overtime. It was not quite at high scoring, but uh, he still he predicted the win. Um, in uh and in overtime then you got the uh the two one loss to uh i believe that's anaheim uh to a t as well um not in overtime but you predicted it exactly and then you got the uh four nothing loss for the jets in the last game so dalton you are now up uh two to one on chris and i am lagging behind with no wins in three weeks Hey, Gotta hey, say, boys, you know, it hey, feels good to be right all the time. It gets a little tiring, though. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Dalton. Yeah, what's up? Fuck you. <laughs> I got to I gotta really step up my game here because I'm uh, slacking. Well, you know, Mike, you, you, like, you take over the podcast. It's your podcast, so it's nice for you to let us win a couple. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I guess so. And I, all right, so this coming week, we got six games coming up. Um, starting uh, tonight, the Winnipeg Jets play in St. Louis against the uh, newly head coach St. Louis Blues. Um, uh, Chris, we'll start with you because you were going to watch it as soon as we're off this off the podcast. Yes, you're holding me back. All right, buddy. <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, I think that I think the Jets are going to come out strong, but I think that their focus is going to be playing defense, and they're on the road. So I think the Jets are going to win two nothing, and Croissant is going to get the uh, shutout. Two nothing win, and then Brassois gets the shutout. Uh, Dalton, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Blues are going to suffer from like you know the coach changeover and all that. I'm going to predict a Jets four one victory. Four one. Win. All right. And I'm not just saying that because I want Chris to like me. <laughs> um, so then, I mean, if I'm trying to play this a little strategically, I guess I'm going to say, um, well, so to be honest, though, I'm going to say since the Blues won their first game with the new head coach, I'm going to say they're going to go ahead and also suffer a bit of a head coach uh, kind of lag like the Oilers did in their second game. And the Blues are going to lose. I'm going to say... Uh, 3-2. So, 3-2, Jets win. All right, all right. All right, then um, on, I believe it is Sunday, the Oilers play the in, uh, in L.A., their last game of the uh, California Dreamin' trip. Um, they are looking to get a, fi- uh, uh, yeah, five out of a possible six points. Uh, so, Dalton, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm going to be a big five to one Oilers victory with Jesse Pula Jarvey finally getting a goal. Ooh, we're going to say pool party scores. Pool party scores. All right. I am going to say the LA Kings, um, because they showed a graphic in the Anaheim game, uh, four of the bottom five, the, actually the bottom four of the bottom five, uh, teams with the lowest, uh, game, uh, goals for, um, average, uh, we're all Pacific Division teams going Golden Knights, Arizona Coyotes, Anaheim, and then L.A. I'm going to say L.A. also struggles to score, and it is going to be a 2 nothing shutout. Ooh. 
And uh, is it going to be Koski Bear in net, or is it going to be Talbot? Uh, I, th- I think Talbot. Mm. Um, Talb, and it's going to help his confidence. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you think? Well, I don't. I don't think that the Oilers could have a shutout. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they're good enough for bending goals. So, uh, but I do think they're hey. going to win. I hey, hey we went fifty-five minutes and forty-five seconds last game. And then what happened? And then what We're happened? We're not going to talk about that. And then what happened? And yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 Oilers. 3-1 win. That's what I like to hear. Okay, moving on. Uh, on Tuesday, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins play in Winnipeg. Uh, I'm going to start this one off. I'm going to say um, after uh, a nice, solid uh, win, um, or a uh, hard-fought win for the uh, – the Jets over the Blues. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have not been playing very well uh, recently, are going to come in. They're actually going to win at home. Um, Hellebuck's going to be a net for this one. He's kind of kind of just not – I mean, he's not going to look horrible, but just not as sharp. Like, he's going to let in a few goals that you uh, would want him to save. I'm going to say it's going to be a, another 4-2 loss for the Jets. Hmm. All right, Chris, going to you. Hmm. Sorry, we'll buddy. See how it is. Sorry, buddy. It's all right. I, I honestly don't think, um, you know, I don't think that Hellebuck has struggled that many games in a row. Um, I don't think I've seen that in a long time. So I very much doubt that. I think his next game is going to be really strong. So uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be a close game. I think the Jets are going to come away with a 2-1 win. Ooh, he's liking these close games. All right, Dalton, what do you think? Well, I think that the Matt Murray-less Pens are going to get absolutely smoked. 4-1 victory for the Winnipeg Jets. So you do want me to be your friend. (laughs) I also just dropped Matt Murray in my fantasy hockey because I hate him. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, So then uh, also on Tuesday, the um, Dallas plays in Edmonton. Um, We the Edmonton Oilers, Tyler Sagan, and company show up. Um, Dalton, starting with you, buddy. The cock gets his revenge for nothing Oilers. Ah, yes. Another shutout. <laughs> oh, my Only God. Shutouts. So who gets the shutout then? It's going to be Koskinen. Oh, Kosk with the shutout. All right, Chris, what do you think? Uh, this is a tough one. They can really – I mean, they got some some sizzling top-end talent. Um, Yo, that, that Sagan-Ben Radulov line? Oh, my, oh God. my God. It's terrifying. Um, so that, um, Klingberg's still out, right? Is he out long-term? Klingberg is out four to eight weeks. And I know that because he is also on my team. <laughs> uh, I, I would take Klingberg on Klingberg on my team in a second. He's a beauty. No kidding. Yeah, He's a beauty. Um, but, uh, oh God, this is a hard one to predict. I want to, I want to predict the Oilers winning, but I just don't think they're going to go on this huge, like winning streak. I'm going to say they're going to lose in overtime. Um, Three two. Well, I guess we're not friends, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Three two in overtime. Um, so then for me, I'm gonna say honestly, there's some some teams you go and you're like, are right, you gonna beat this team? And then there's other other games that you go and you're like, there's no way the Oilers are gonna win. Um, the Dallas though is one where like we either like win or we like. This is gonna sound really dumb. We either win or we lose. But uh, wow, you are a. Genius. Um, yeah, you should be on that TSN panel, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's 
I'm going to say, because I, I honestly, I, I feel like I'm guessing a little bit too much with my heart here, but I'm going to say a 5-3 win. Fucking move over Nick Kiprios. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd rather see Michael up there. And I'm oh, me gonna... too. Hey, 100 man. times over 100. Just hey, for man. the flow alone. That's mm-hmm. why I'm going That's why I'm going to school, buddy. Oh, yeah. Kipper, that's why he's going to spend $200,000 on, like, university. Uh, Kipper, you better watch out, buddy. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Four to six years, he's gonna be right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, however, I'm gonna say McDavid has a uh, a um, a habit of really torching the stars when he plays them, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be the Mc- first uh, McCaffrey of the year. Ooh, I like it. Nice. All right, now um, fifth game. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks play in Winnipeg. Um, Jonathan Taze and Patty Kane. Um, Corey Crawford is back. However, the uh, Toronto Blackhawks still suck. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this one off. I'm gonna say uh, Chicago does not put up much, uh, much of a fight, and they beat uh, Chicago five two. It's a five two win. All right, uh, Chris. Um, Chicago and Winnipeg. What are you feeling? Well, I think this is a trap game, honestly. Uh, gosh, I can't, uh, I can't see the Jets losing it, but it just feels like it's one of those games where you end up losing it because you think you're going to win it going away. And they still have a couple guys who can score, so you got to be careful. Uh, I'm going to say the Jets are going to win anyway. I'm going to say they're going to win uh, 4-2. 4-2 win. All right, Dalton, uh, you got another shot of making Chris happy. <laughs> well, kind of building on what Chris said, I think it is a bit of a trap game. He's right. Uh, except for I think it's going to bite the Jets in the ass. It's going to be a 3-2 Chicago victory with Patty Kane having a natural hat trick. Wow. No no happy ending for Chris. No, no, no. You got to pay extra for that. <laughs> and then the uh, last game of the week, because there are games on, on next Saturday, which we will talk about um, on next week's podcast. Um, the L.A. Kings um, play us for the second time in a week, uh, this time in Edmonton. Um, Dalton, we will start with you. Uh, how are you feeling? It's going to be a hard-fought 3-2 victory for the Edmonton Oilers. There you go. 3-2 win. Chris? Uh, hmm. uh, I'm going to say uh, it's 3-0 for the Oilers. They're going to get a setup. Wow. We, wow. And uh, who gets the shout-out? Is it Koski or Talbot? Oh, it's Talbot. Talb gets the shout-out. All right. That's what I like to see. All right. I am sticking with my narrative because I figure that if I go with the narrative twice, I have at least a 50% chance of being right. Um, that uh, checks out. L.A. Yeah, it's, it's all math. L.A. Bat. Hey, I mean, Dalton, you can, uh, you can uh, really check my math there, buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. LA still bad at scoring goals after a week, and it is going to be a five-one uh, mm, victory. Five-one Oilers win. How many goals does McDavid get this time? Uh, no goals, but he's gonna have uh, just a quiet three assist night. Mick playmaker. Yeah, Mick playmaker. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the week Connor McDavid passes Nico Rantanen to retake his rightful place as first in NHL scoring. Ooh, I like it. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, just putting that out there. Hold on to that one. Um, anyone else? Do we have any final words for the week? Uh, Chris is, this is normally Chris. This is where you pipe in and say, uh, uh, take, "He dropped. Take your another eight, shot. Eighth shot of the night." <laughs> um, so, all of you alcoholics that are still somehow sitting in your chair, um, this has been episode seven of South of the Blue Line. I actually would first like to shout out um, one of my uh, two of my boys I used to play hockey with. I told them we had a podcast, and you were like, "You have shout me out." First off. I'd like to shout out the bendiest tendy in the world, uh, Sean Jervak. Um, uh, he is a huge Buffalo Sabres fan, and he told me about three years ago, hey, man, listen, I'm telling you, in four to six years, the Buffalo Sabres are going to be the real deal. And um, look, at, look at them. They are, uh, they are starting to look like the real deal. So first They're out, not going to make the playoffs. Oh, Dalton's crushing your dreams right there. Shout out to the bendy tendy. And second... Shout out to my boy Kelly Hill, who plays on the Bantam. Me and him used to play on the uh, Bubbly's Hated Line. Um, shout out to Steinbrenner Hockey. Hashtag Roll Stein. Um, oh, as long as you're in shout outs, my FAD one real quick. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, big shout out to my girl Ella, who's probably going to be listening to this on the plane to Britain. Oh, wow. There you go. Wow. Oh. Um, so then if that is it from everyone, Chris is already out. He's probably not going to check back in. So he, yeah, he has to do his shots first. Yeah, he, he, he has to do his shots. Um, I'm going to say go Jets for him. Um, this has been South of the Blue Line. You can follow us on SoundCloud at South of the Blue Line Podcast, on Twitter at Blue Line South, and anywhere else you can find your podcast, Apple, uh, iTunes, all that good stuff. We are everywhere. Anchor. Um, I am Michael. Dalton is in Calgary. That's me. Uh, Chris is at home taking his shots. Go Jets. Go Oilers. And we will see you all next week. Take care, guys.